Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Devil Podcast, an official inside look of everything stout. I am one of your hosts, Evan Tui. Arthur is out this week. Alongside some of the most amazing people here on campus, we have Z. What's up? Uh, I am here. Hello. Uh, Logan is here. Hello, hello. Our, so our wonderful social media specialist, Audrey, is here. Hey. And our amazing, produ- uh, amazing producer, Eric Krause, is here. Doki doki. And in honor of Earth Day, we have a very special guest, Professor Arthur Neeland, is in the house. Um, and so we're just going to kind of get into some questions, uh, if that works for everybody. Um, so first, just kind of uh, introducing yourself. Uh, professor Neeland is a professor here at U- UW-Stout. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so my name is Arthur Neeland. I teach in the biology department. I'm an entomologist, so I'm into insects, uh, which has led me into agricultural entomology. So I do a lot of plant-based stuff. Um, I am the advisor for the sustainability minor on campus, and so I'm, I'm sort of pretty heavily focused on, on this, this big concept of sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I do on campus. I teach a lot of general education courses in addition to getting to teach the uh, insect course every, every other year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you're big with you're big with sustainability, and I know a, a lot of us have seen you uh, riding your riding your bike mm-hmm. to and from uh, class. Yep. Is that that's just kind of a sustainability thing? Plus, it's biking, or yeah. I so so I grew up in um, in northern Sweden, and uh, it's a totally different place to live. And they bike everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. So mm-hmm. they've got like actual bike infrastructure where mm-hmm. they like have paths along the roads for bikes to be on. And, and so I grew up biking everywhere. And, and so it, it just is like part of what I do. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm going somewhere, I just take my bike for the most part. And, you know, I mean, like the funny thing is like, I'll beat you anywhere in town as long as it's not like out to Walmart, but you'll Mm -hmm. get to Walmart, like maybe minutes ahead of me because it, the people think that the car is actually the fastest way to go, but it is not. Mm -hmm. Um, Biking is, is usually much faster. And I mean, I'm not like going super fast on the bike right i try to stop at stop signs mm-hmm. okay cool so just curious um what exactly got you into sustainability well i think it's just part of it's everything uh so when you start paying attention to the biological world uh we are doing this heinous amount of damage to it uh like uh what is the what is the number it's like uh, 60, most animal species have had 60% decline in, mm-hmm. in their populations over yep. the last decades. And, and so I don't, I don't think you can be engaged in the biological sciences and not see mm-hmm. the, the relevance of sustainability, right? This idea that we need to figure out a new way of living on this planet, or we're not going to get to continue living on this planet. Um, it, it, it more and more uh, over the last couple of years, it's been, become apparent how how kind of serious this issue is. That um, we need to change the way that we're we're living, or it's very likely that we will go extinct. Mm-hmm. Um, which is you know kind of an outcome that I personally would like to avoid. Okay. Along those lines, what are some of the common misconceptions you've heard from students, or just just anyone you've encountered in general, like about sustainability and like the concept and. Hmm. Uh, so in general, I kind of have a problem with sustainability as a as a word. It's too broad, right? It's because it, 
you can always replace it with something more specific. Mm -hmm. And so I've done done talks about sustainability topics where I was very intentional about never using that term because there's always something more specific, right? If we're talking about transportation, it's it's about efficiency, right? And if we're talking about about um, work, it's it, we're talking about quality of life. Um, uh, because it, it is this, it, it's just so tremendously broad that, that I think when we use the word sustainability, we're actually doing a disservice to the conversation because then we're, we're not talking about what we're actually, what we're actually wanting to get at the meat of the topic. We're just using this sort of vague general term that nobody really understands the entirety of, because I, I promise you that all of your majors, I can come up with some way that what you do affects the planet and how you could change that to have a less a, a reduced impact mm -hmm. on the planet right mm -hmm. so you think you can give an example so like the majority of us are PSEM except for Z so mm -hmm. like PSEM we work obviously the keynote is we use like computers all the time yep so it would like but we have to like there's oh, yeah. not a way to avoid that so what's like a good way to say I guess pretty much everyone on this campus uses a computer like is there an easy way to avoid like to kind of make yourself more green uh computers are hard that but but this is the this is the 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 thing that we're we're just starting out this conversation on any sort of a meaningful level mm -hmm. right so how do we have computers without wrecking the planet and so some of the the basis of computers is what they're made out of right they're made out of a lot of times these rare earth minerals that that are are mined at tremendous cost to the planet and and actually tremendous cost to the people who are doing the mining and so you look at the the mining that's going on in the the Congo for yeah. for these things uh, Afghanistan is rich in them which um, you know and so there's these terrible human human rights abuses associated with with those things and so uh, you get done with your computer right and and what do you do with it Right. That that right now we, for the most part, trash them or, or they maybe get recycled, but the recycling programs really aren't in place. And so especially in regards to a, a computer heavy industry, we don't have the infrastructure to be sustainable. Right. That we should be recycling all of these computers uh, more efficiently back into computers. Right. But when we're using slave labor to do the mining, it artificially reduces the 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 price of the mineral. And so then recycling it isn't economically feasible right even though it is the ethically right thing to do we somehow can just like short circuit that part of our brain and proceed on as if nothing was wrong yeah. right all that's like really big picture stuff though like that's not something us as students can like really impact directly right could do it not right now yeah right now but but it's important to remember that like right. so your impact the the i don't think that where we're at with our planetary crisis is the kind of thing where we can do the do the small things anymore. Yeah. We used to talk in in environmental science about like that we were going to shop our way out of this. That by shopping, making ethical choices with your purchases, we could come to a more reasonable planet. And and for the most part, my colleagues and I were that's gone. That whole idea is is out the window. There's no way we're going to shop our way out of this. And so in a lot of ways, talking about the small things, right? Like um, if you were to invert the color scheme on your screen, I, I'm pretty sure that uses less juice. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. think about it, right? Yeah, it's white versus idea. black. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that. There's always like a, like a, like a what's the domino effect? Like 
if you lose use less ba- pa- like battery power for this, then you don't have to charge it as much. Yeah, and then you're not using as much. And energy. and so I you, you know of, yeah. like what about if you had just like you have a little uh, a solar panel in your window that when you're working it's just plugged into your computer, so you're mm-hmm. charging your computer off of a solar panel. You know, and and then it becomes this thing about like you personally contemplating every action you have and its reaction, mm-hmm. right? Like one thing we don't think about with Google is the amount of energy that every Google search uses, yeah. right? right? That every time you use cloud storage, you're pumping a hard drive somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 so we have all of these things that we're not in control of, and we need to start taking control of them, and and it, we can't we can no longer do this thing of saying. Well, I'm just a student, right? Mm-hmm. You're a citizen of this planet, mm-hmm. and if you wanna, if you want to have children, question one, and if you want those children to have a reasonable planet to live on, then then we need to change things. And now is better than in ten years. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I saw I saw this that this thing that uh, made me like really think it was like the like the damage that like our generation and then like maybe the generation before us is doing it's kind of not fair because we won't even be here when it like to reap the like the problems of it mm-hmm. and that's just really sad to think about well it's because the whole thing has been set up we set this this all up in the last like hundred years yeah right the after World War two is really when when this stuff kind of took off mm-hmm. and and so it's it's everybody you know I think about like my parents generation they had this whole they were really environmentally conscious the the anti-war movement all of these things that happened in the 60s and 70s and then they kind of just focused on their retirement packages and they they kind of went to sleep mm-hmm. you know and and so so I've I've felt kind of abandoned by by that that generation that they didn't they didn't follow through. There was so much excellent momentum, mm-hmm. and then the '80s just killed it, right? And and it it disappeared again. And so we kind of have this like it comes to the consciousness and then it goes away again, you know. And then and and now I think it's coming back, and it's you know 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? It's coming back, but is it, is it like, I don't want to say too late, but like, is well, it? Well, so th- this is all, this is all politics, right? right? That like, um, when, uh, uh, Carter, right? The, that was the first time that, that, uh, people said like climate change is happening. This is going to be a problem. And they, right. they spoke to the Senate and, and they, they were heard and it was like, oh crap. Right. And this was right after the, um, the, the. Uh, fuel. I'm probably there was like the. I'm trying drawing a blank on what it was called. Uh, we ran out of fuel in the 70s, essentially okay. huge long lines mm-hmm. at gas stations and stuff, and so people were freaked out mm-hmm. about energy. And then we heard about climate change, and it was like this is serious. And they put solar panels on the on the White House, and then Reagan came in and ripped the solar panels off, and and essentially the corporations just hit it. Mm-hmm. Right. They they paid their lobbyists to come into the government and just tamp down any attention on this. Right. And and so we've just lost we, we lost that that fight, you know, and and it's now it's coming back around again, mm-hmm. you know, and and it. it yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot what the question was. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah, I don't right. know if we answered it. <laughs> um, one of the questions I had and it kind of goes off of what we were talking about. Uh, in class today. By the way, take 
Plants of People with Arthur Nealon, it's the best. But um, talking about like the food that we eat and mm. like how much energy that takes, how much like do you think do you think that this is kind of like a broad question? So this the two answers I I'll just explain it. So um, involving the ozone, what and the things we release into the, into the atmosphere, what is something? What is like the biggest problem we face? Is it like the food and like all the food waste and everything going to the air from that, or is it like the cars and the the smoke from the cars and like and things like that? Okay, so first we should clarify a thing. Um, the ozone is a separate piece from what we're doing with global warming. Mm -hmm. So the ozone layer is this thin layer of, I think ozone is O3 molecules, okay. and they block ultraviolet light yeah. from coming in. So the ozone layer essentially effect, uh, prevents um, people with a shortage of melanin in their skin from mm -hmm. getting skin cancer, Okay, right? Um, and and so that's that's one issue. It, it is a very small part of of the larger climate change story. Okay. It's certainly significant, and we want our ozone layer to be intact because I think everybody would like to have less cancer. Yes. Um, but but then the – and so that's that's on in one side. And then with the, the climate change stuff, right, the, that's where it's our carbon dioxide and methane gases that are trapping our heat. And, um, you know, some of the worst contributors to that are – rice paddies and cows. So methane comes from uh, anaerobic decay of, of organic material, mm -hmm. right? So anaerobic is without oxygen. And so that happens in the gut of a cow. It also happens in the bottom of a rice paddy, right? And so there's methane that's just kind of boiling up off of the rice paddies of, say, Southeast Asia, right? Uh, and there's huge volumes of methane coming from the the uh, you know the confined animal feeding operations of Wisconsin mm -hmm. and California right and and so that's a that's a big part of the story the other big part of the story is all the fossil fuels that we're burning in order to get our food yeah right and so you you look at these farm fields and they've got these massive tractors that are going across them um, and and so the things that we use fossil fuels for in our agriculture is our tractors, and it's important to think about all the energy that goes into making a tractor, mm -hmm. right? And uh, the all the chemicals that we use, we use fossil fuels for the fertilizer. So the nitrogen fertilizers that's applied to the field is made with natural gas, fossil fuels, the insecticides, the herbicides. Those are all made from fossil fuels, right? And then and then you you put all this energy into your crop, and then you have to transport it somewhere, right? Because we've got our agriculture decentralized. Mm -hmm. So you've got to transport your food into the cities to where the people are. That takes fossil fuels. Uh, we're taking stuff from uh, the global south and bringing it up to the north. And so we're transporting it, but it's got to be refrigerated, right? And so every single step is just this massively energy-intensive thing. And it's all because... Nobody wants to be directly involved in their food, right? That this, is a, this was a, a choice that we made as a society where we're going to have a couple people that make huge volumes of food and everybody else can just focus on, you know, making podcasts or whatever, mm -hmm. right? And, and that, was a, that was a choice and, and that leads to huge volumes of energy use, right? That we, we have this massively efficient agricultural system but it has a price tag, and that price tag is large volumes of CO2 and methane. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, 
it's a problem and and I don't know how to how we fix that exactly you know do we we send you know, half of our computer engineers out to farms and and they get to work you know I don't think that would be a, a good solution mm-hmm. exactly but um Yeah, and so yeah, our food system makes a lot of a lot of pollution, and and in addition to the pollution that it makes, we've also removed the natural systems that were in those places, right? So, the 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 forests of Wisconsin, um, we we removed them, mm-hmm. we cut them all down for lumber, and then uh, in the I believe it was in the fifties, Wisconsin was the single largest user of dynamite in the world. Because after you cut down an old growth forest, you've got these massive stumps everywhere. And stumps make it hard to farm. And so we taught our farmers how to dynamite stumps out of the ground. Really? Yeah, in order to make our farm fields. Right? Because think about what a, the size of an old growth tree. Right? We're talking about trees that are, are you know, feet across. Yeah. Right? The, and, and so you've got this huge stump. You can't just jerk that out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Right? And so... Um, you know, and so so we turn our 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 forests into farm fields, and those forests were sucking in large volumes of carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. right? So it's not it's it's not just that we're releasing all of this these gases with our agricultural practices. We're also then not capturing mm-hmm. the carbon dioxide with the the trees and and other plants that would have been naturally in that place, and so essentially we've created a imbalance. Right. We're not we're not like. There's like it's kind of like a shift, and we're not trying to balance out the scale. Yep. I feel I feel like some people would say, with that, like, well, then why don't we just plant a bunch of trees everywhere? We should. Yeah. Yeah. It's, why, why but it's you? like the size of Australia. That's what we need to plant. That's what that's the number that comes to my head. Yeah. Not that it's a number, but that's the right. like volume is like it's a it's a ridiculous amount of trees, you know. And so it's like very large scale operations, you know, like um, uh. And they're they're, you know, and then where, right? Where do you put this? And and the the best ideas I've ever seen were um, there's some some crazy thinking about how we can do that on the edges of the Sahara Desert by pumping salt water in, and then you uh, let the salt water evaporate, and then that evaporated water sort of feeds the forest, mm-hmm. and you you start just moving slowly forward and and planting these trees and and who knows if that would work crazy idea probably and i mean let's try it right right why not um and i just it's one of we in class today we we're mm-hmm. talking about the disparity of money right that we were talking about the notre dame cathedral mm-hmm. um and the the two guys that gave money right away they were the two richest people in europe and somebody did a breakdown of how much they gave and they they took their monthly profit and and made a ratio of it so that it was based on if you you made $3,000 a month, which is mm-hmm. sort of more reasonable. Uh, it was as if they gave $10 a month. a month. That was how much money they gave to Notre Dame. And it was like $150 million, I yeah, think, yeah. each. Mm-hmm. And so that, as a ratio of how much they make, is equivalent to a, a tenor, right? Like, mm-hmm. here, fix your church. Here's a tenor. Yeah. Right? And so, tax mm-hmm. right off for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so then you think about all of this massive wealth that's being held by these people. And and I just think about like, OK, well, I just have an I you know, I'd like to to see if we can use some irrigation technology to plant trees mm-hmm. and they're just sitting on it right on the resources that that like 
that we all could be doing good things with. And so instead, it's just sitting in their bank account. You know, not that they don't do good things, but right, right. I don't think enough, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So my question to follow up with that would be, like, why do you think that is? Because I did um, notice that, too, like, when they um, donated the money to the cathedral and how much money it already had, um, it was it was very interesting to, interesting to me because people pointed out, like, there are so many other, like, problems and things going on where that money could have went to. So, like, why do you think that is where it's not, like, taken as seriously? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I, it's like, that's a really great question. So we've got all these really, really rich people, right? And they're trying to do good things. Like, like Bill Gates is trying to do good things with his, his millions of dollars. Trying to kill mosquitoes. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's uh, like, but, but I, I, I would love to, to have a psychologist answer that question. Why is it that, that rich people don't, aren't capable of doing more? You know, I think it's a it, it winds up being sort of a fundamental it's a like a like a workload problem almost, right? right. That if you have like two billion dollars, like you can only focus on one thing. And so you're only applying your two billion dollars to like one one project essentially. Whereas if we all had if that money was more equally distributed, uh, and this is, uh, you know, like you can maybe tell that I grew up in northern Sweden. And yeah. so I, I have some sort of like socialist tendencies. But I'd also like to point out that like most people don't actually know what socialism is. And they just hear it bad mouthed. And so like I didn't, if you're like get grumpy about that, I encourage you to like go read something about it. Um, but the like a more reasonable distribution of wealth could maybe allow like people like me to focus more of my effort on like whatever planting trees or around here we'd probably want to plant prairies because they do a pretty good job of dumping carbon into the soil as well so kind of speaking of around here i'm wondering if you have opinions on i feel like being sustainable or being eco-friendly is is a thing we hear a lot about at stout Mm -hmm. and so i'm wondering your opinion on is UW Stout focusing enough on it? Or, you know, what are we doing well? What are we not doing well? And I'm, I'm wondering if, if you can shed some light on that. Yeah. So we've got, I, as far as a university campus, I think Stout's doing pretty good. Um, we've got a lot of people who are working really hard to make good things happen. We've got a sustainability council that explores projects and tries to solve problems. Uh, I think the, the, the key component of this is efficiency. Right. That like if we make stout more energy efficient, that means that we can spend less money on keeping the place lit and heated. And ultimately, students are paying for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so efficiency in that regard is essential. Right. Let's let's uh, use less energy so that we can, you know, lower the tuition a little bit. Right. Um, And and we've got a lot of really great projects going on in that direction. But we're still a a large institution like all other large institutions right and so we get coal dropped off to heat in the winter time and and there's not a lot we can do about that you know Mm -hmm. it's just like the the sort of basic way that the infrastructure is set up um in a, a lot of ways that we're doing really great things i think is in the classroom so a lot of courses really have very meaningful sustainability components because it's important to your jobs Right, that this is this is you know in my mind the most important thing of the of the the century, and so if you're not thinking about this in your job, you're kind of not prepared. Right. 
right? And I think I think we're in general doing a pretty good job in that direction. Um, I think where we need to do better is honestly in in student engagement. Um, I I worry a lot about about that. Um, you guys don't show up, right? Like uh, we, and, and it's, it's hard. You got a lot going on in your lives. You're trying to work and go to school and get all this stuff done. Um, but, but you are one of the most powerful, um, groups on campus students. And so if you want this campus to be efficient and green and, and do all these things in a meaningful way, you can, you can make that happen. Um, it, you know, because you, you keep the place lit, right? It's your mm-hmm. tuition dollars that operate this place. And so, so if students want something to happen, it'll happen. Um, and and I, I don't really see the student body showing up in any really meaningful way in regards to, to sustainability issues. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is a cause? Sorry. You think that is a cause of maybe um, not necessarily a lack of awareness because I feel like a lot of people in our age group are very mm-hmm. aware of what's going on, but like... I don't know how to, I don't really know how to put it, but like, there's just a lack of like, oh, it'll be, it'll, eh, everyone else will figure it out. You feel like it's kind of like, that is kind of why? Yeah, I think it's, I think apathy is a big part of it, right? That it's, and the problem's so big, right? And it's, it feels kind of impersonal. Um, And, and a big part of that is, is something that I'm, I'm working hard on and, and not always succeeding is there's, there's like uh, psychologically tested ways of talking about big complex issues like climate change right where where it is a very personal thing right that like the the personal impacts that you can have make a difference the other other problem with it why i think a lot of people don't engage is because like i think i'm a good person right and then you say to me that like you driving your car is bad you're killing polar bears by driving your car right and then then i've got this cognitive dissonance right where like i'm a good person how is it possible that I drive a car and kill polar bears, mm-hmm. right? And so, so you get that cognitive dissonance, and then that creates a situation where people are like, "Nope, nope, that's you know," they, and they they don't want to don't want to participate in it. And so, um, and so, there's a lot of sort of like uh, social studies things around how how we need to engage people in in the the whole climate change debate so that we don't shut them off. Right, because it's it's really easy to just sort of like, oh, I can't do anything about it. It's too big. I'm a good person, so of course I don't. And then they just shut down. Um, I don't I don't know if you would agree with this. That I just feel like there's this this rise too of climate change denial on a scale that I haven't seen in my life ever. Because I you know in in, in at, at, since elementary school I feel like we've learned about climate change and global warming back then, mm-hmm. and it was kind of stated as a matter of fact. And now I kind of feel like it's presented almost as a matter of opinion. And well, maybe not like that, but sometimes it's treated as a matter of yeah. opinion. And so, is this a is this a rising concern? Do you think? Because I just feel like maybe it's more. I'm seeing more of it, and, and it's, I don't know, more more forward facing. I feel like it's been constant. It doesn't help that our president is a climate change denier. Um, that 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 is a problem. Um, I think, and the funny story about that is, so so we get a climate change denier as president, and then he appoints a climate change denier to the head of NASA. And the head of NASA, he kind of disappears for a month and then he comes back and he says, climate change is real. It's a big problem. We've got to do something about it. And people are like, what, what, the, what, what? And his response was, well, I did my homework. 
because I'm, I'm not an irresponsible person. I'm in charge of NASA, right? So I went to work and I tried to understand the satellites and the things, and I realized that climate change is real. And so, so yeah, I think, I think the, because it's like the president doesn't actually have a lot of power. What he does have is the power of the conversation, right? And so he sets the conversation and, and he set a conversation. So we're talking about the border wall, right? And, and that's, it's, it's, you know, I mean, I don't think that's important. It's important if you're from Honduras or Guatemala. Um, but for me in Minnesota, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter, right? Wisconsin. I guess we're in Wisconsin right now. Yeah. Sorry. Close. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm from Minnesota and have lived in Wisconsin for, for now the longest period of time that I've lived anywhere. And I, I actually, other than like what sports teams they happen to like, I don't think there's a lot of difference. And I'm sorry if that's like heresy. I'm going to get like... Biggest difference now. is they call it a hot dish and we call it a casserole, which are the same Very thing. Yeah, but they're the same thing. Like they're they're, they're, wrong. they're both delicious, right? Who cares? The only thing I've also found is that some parts of Wisconsin call it a bubbler instead of a water fountain, and I just I don't get. Yeah, it. so there's I, some weird bad, yeah. semantic the bad parts of Wisconsin. linguistic things. <laughs> yeah. but. So things that don't matter, in yeah, yeah. Sense, yeah. right? Yeah, right? Because that don't matter, otherwise, yeah. we're pretty much culturally the same. Right. Um, yeah. Um, so. I, I always get. I forgot what the question was. Did I, did I answer it? Um, yeah, we were talking about climate change denial, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't think that there's more of it. I think it's been constant, and and maybe now that you're kind of moving into like your professional phase, you're maybe paying attention to the news more mm -hmm. than you were in high school, and and that's where it lives, right? Is 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 there? Um, my biggest problem with climate change denial is what they'll do is they'll they'll put. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the science guy, uh, Bill Nye. They'll put Bill Nye on on with some climate denier, right? And and the reality of it, and and on the Colbert Report, they did a bit with this where they said reality of it is that there should be one climate denier and 99 scientists, mm -hmm. right? That when they present it as this one to one thing, it looks like oh, there's two reasonable people that disagree about it. But it's not that. It's one reasonable person who's getting paid a shitload of money to lie to you and a bunch of scientists who are working their asses off not getting paid much to, to try and understand how we're wrecking the planet, right? And, I mean, I, like, I constantly am just like, follow the money because, like, I am not part of some vast climate change conspiracy. If I was, I'd have more money i'd have a nicer truck right it would be electric uh but i can't afford that yeah. because i'm there's not a conspiracy a vast climate change conspiracy there is a vast climate denial conspiracy it's run by shell oil chevron massive corporations mm -hmm. that knew about climate change in the 70s and actively suppressed it and like they should they should we you 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 guys need to sue them your children need to sue them mm -hmm. because they are liable for their actions. I, I remember we talked about this in class, and I think we were talking about this the other day. You just correct me if I'm wrong on some of the facts, but there was like, there's like 10 companies that are responsible for like 90% of the pollution. Is that, what, is that right? I mean, or, this is the mega corporations, right? Yeah. You, you, you follow these through anything. Like the, there's diagrams on the internet about the, like, the companies that own food. Mm -hmm. Right. And and they're just massive. Right. And I and like I, I 
shop mostly vegetables at at the co-op and and um have discovered that like the the one of the boxed foods it's uh, barbara's i believe or is that the right one i don't remember what who it was but that they're they're essentially owned by by one of the massive food companies and they like it's their brand to be like small folksy right and but it it's just a lie right you know it's and and it's probably made in the the factory right next door to the 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 craft mac and cheese they that's where they make barbara's mac and cheese right and it's just they're just right next to each other and like you know it it the we're it's this weird weird the the world has changed greatly right we we a hundred years ago, we had a problem with one corporation owning everything. And we did something about that. And then now we fast forward and we're in the same boat again where we have single corporations that own vast swaths of, of one thing. And, and you know, it, it creates huge problems because there's, it, it destroys the market, right? You hear the the capitalists talking about how market competition is how, is a really great thing and and I have a tendency to agree with that but there needs to then be market competition right and we've lost a lot of that mm-hmm. and um, and and that that ties back into you know the the climate change the consumer not having a choice the all of these these issues mm-hmm. So obviously, as we've talked about, this is a a giant issue. It's mm-hmm. you know probably way bigger than any one of us is going to figure out. But if if for those of us who are you know for for anyone listening, what what would you be your advice on like resources to go to learn more or or actions to take right now or you know I mean I guess what's what's the the number one thing you can tell people to take away from this maybe or or you know give them another place to go look. One of my favorite sayings is in regards to these large problems where where you just feel like it's overwhelming, I can't do anything to change this, is this idea of thinking globally and acting locally, right? That, that we look at the whole problem. We look at the big picture of what's happening, corporate greed, uh, climate change, all of this stuff. And then you take those, those ideas and you look around you in your world in the things that you you can engage with in a day-to-day life. Uh, your your municipal government, right? The, the, the city council, the mayor, right? Uh, where you buy your food, um, uh, how you get around town, right? Your day-to-day things. And, and you start small baby steps of making better decisions, right? Like, like riding your bike, right? I'm biased, I love riding my bike. But it also has some other benefits, right? I'm outside. So, like, anybody get the winter doldrums? I get that a lot less than most people because guess what I do twice a day? I go hop on a bike and I go and, – and it's okay. I haven't died yet, right? I, you, like, it's a doable thing. You, sometimes you have to have a ridiculous amount of scarves around your head. But that's okay, right? And that's one small action that, that just is me using a little bit less fossil fuel. Right. And and uh, like I try to buy as much as I can from the farmer's market. Right. And the farmer's market, there's a there's a there's a complex debate around that because, you know, they're still using gas to drive their old van in into town. But I'm giving my money to a person 
who lives around here, right? And then they're going to spend their money within the community. And so, so it builds that community capacity, right, around things like food. And so instead of the money going to Walmart, it's going to the, the Lee family, right? And, and I know them, right? Uh, their son is, is a pharmacist in town, and they make awesome vegetables, right? And that's, that's then I'm making a choice of where I put my, invest my money instead of, you know, whatever, whatever large vegetable producer that ships lettuce in from California, right? And so it's these small actions. Um, one, of, one of the things that's really been meaningful to me is I go and engage in the city council whenever there's a topic that they're talking about that I think is relevant, right? And I go and go up there and I do the most horrifying thing for most people. I speak in public, right? Um, and and it's, it's important. And if you're terrified of speaking in public, what you need to do is you need to find the city council person who represents you, Right? And uh, I'm, I apologize, I'm blanking on his name, but there's this, one of the city council people is a stout student, right? I, he was in my class. I went to, went to the city council meeting and I was just kind of looking at him like, oh, what's <laughs> going on here? Because I, I, he was in the wrong place. You know, he yeah, was, he's not supposed to be yeah, right. sitting behind a desk <laughs> in the city council chambers. And, you know, and so, and, and that's, that's really meaningful action of of how we can start to make that difference right and so like you guys should find him and start encouraging him to to engage in you know making sustainable practices in our world right because what we have right now is i feel a lack of leadership right that that our leaders have in a lot of ways abandoned us you know that we we just we're just not there's nobody telling us what to do. And so what that means is we need to start leading all of us in starting small, right? And it's, you know, it's like a great way that you guys can start is, um, you know, there's a sustainability component of the Stout Student Association, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's meaningful. Uh, it's also like, uh, you know, having dinner with friends and talking about things. Right, that matters. It makes a difference. Mm -hmm. um, do you think UW Stout is doing a good job being sustainable? That was the question that we just yeah. answered, right? Mm -hmm. All right, just to be well, sure. Well, and and I mean, there are some things that we could do better. There's a lot of things we could do better, mm -hmm. right? Like I look at all the the little campus carts, right? Those could all be uh, like the Gators and the the Kubota carts that that all the workers on campus drive around. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, I see. Like, those are mostly gas and diesel engines. Small engines are usually pretty polluting, right? And so we could totally replace all that stuff with electric, right? And so there's yeah. a lot of, like, infrastructure-level stuff that we could modify because there's no reason why our, our campus vehicles need to be gas-powered, right? They, they don't travel that far, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and they're usually by an electrical outlet. Mm -hmm. and, and so we could have all of those things be electric, Right. It would yeah. just be a matter of like, OK, we're going to decide to invest in this infrastructure instead of this infrastructure. Right. Right. And and currently, unless somebody's like, hey, we should do this, it's not going to happen. Um, yeah, it makes me it makes me just think about like the, the sports complex, the mm -hmm. referendum that we will talk about on another episode. But like the referendum and, um, you know, it was like a really big money request. And um, so the. the um, 
plan I think C had won the most votes um and so that's a a big lump sum of money that will like affect um like student fees but do you think if like we could put like the same requests uh like for the carts to change it to like more like better carts that like that could also work like that would be like a, a option or something so one of the things that the students have uh the capacity so there's a the sustainability segregated fee right so we take okay. a couple of pennies off of every tuition dollar and they go into a pot of money that uh, i don't want to i don't want to guess at how big it is but it's not it's not a lot but it's thousands of dollars right and um that's that paid for um the solar panels on top of the commons right um and and so there's money to do cool things. And the rule with it is that most of that has to go to affecting students now, which is a problem with sustainability stuff because mostly it's like, well, if we install you know, $50,000 worth of solar panels every year, in 10 years, we won't, we'll be making money off of those panels, right? It's that long-term investment. Mm-hmm. And so the segregated fees aren't supposed to be used like that. And so sustainability things are oftentimes these long-term investments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so there's a pile of money for students to do cool things with, right? And so if you guys have sustainability-minded projects, you can apply to the to to them in order to to do stuff, right? And that's that's pretty cool, right? And and I know that they're always looking for ideas, and so. Um, so if you got one, right? Yeah, that's cool. We usually we usually ask this one wrap up question every time we have a guest. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Should I ask the the modified version? the modified version? Yes. The okay. Version. We normally ask every single guest what if you're an animal, what animal would you be? But since uh, plants, if you mm. were a plant, <laughs> what plant would you be? <laughs> The animal one's honestly easier to to answer, like what, what because plants it's we don't anthropomorphize plants very much, right? So we don't put human emotions onto plants, mm-hmm. and so so we it, it makes it a lot more complicated to answer. Because um, I've always thought of myself as either a chimpanzee or a ferret, somewhere okay. between those two, um, which I guess would come out being some kind of weird Pokemon character, but. <laughs> um, hopefully magical right Right. Uh, but but as far as a a plant is concerned um i have no idea probably mm, it's like i am i am occasionally somewhat caustic and and can bum people out and so it can't be (laughs) something like 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 a tomato plant right because it's got to be something that's like a little bit toxic and messed up (laughs) <laughs> oh man yeah i have no idea i have no idea have you ever asked anybody what plant they were before? no this is the first this time the first this time. is the first time yeah yeah well my first thought was like uh like a pitcher plant you know what I, you know what that is it's a predatory plant that lives in the swamps mm-hmm. of minnesota and wisconsin and like there's usually low nutrients in those swamps and so they like eat insects so that'd probably be what it would be. Okay, yeah. there we go. Yeah. yeah, it took a while to yeah, come yeah. to. Right? Yeah, like, like, uh, <laughs> we got there. Um, <laughs> all right, thank you so much for being uh, being on this episode with us today, and happy Earth Day, everybody. Thank you. Uh, oh, that's we didn't talk about that. Are we done? Done? I mean, we can go. We can yeah, we okay, go. well, this is Earth Day, right? Yeah. That's my. I got some beef with Earth Day. All right. 
spill it. So here, here, like um, one of my one of my favorite concepts and books is uh, called uh, Spaceship Earth, and it's a book written by uh, this guy named Buckminster Fuller. He's an awesome scientist of the '50s, and it's the idea that our planet is essentially a spaceship. Right, it's got a life support system that keeps all all everything going, and it's traveling through space at some ridiculous speed, and it's it's everything to us, right? We we don't exist without it, and and so he wrote this book called Operating Manual for Spaceship Earth, which kind of breaks down how to not how to keep the planet operational, right? Which is kind of you know I mean he was way ahead of his time, obviously thinking about this stuff in the fifties. Um, and so we've got this planet, and it it literally keeps us alive. And then we take a day, and we set aside one measly day to celebrate the Earth and talk about the Earth. And it just is so pathetic, you know. I mean, it's like, you know, like like we're gonna. What are the other days that we have? We've got some, you know, President's Day. Like Earth Day is the same thing as President's Day. Mm-hmm. Right. Or or, you know, and I, I'm probably going to get hell for this one, like Veterans Day. Right. We don't have veterans if we don't have an earth. You know, it's like pick any meaningful day. And I I'd make an argument that Earth Day is way more important. You know, yeah, we have we have Flag Day. We have Flag Day. Right. Columbus day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, indigenous Indigenous Americans Day. You mean? Yeah. 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 I just found out that that Italians get really grumpy about that. Because it's like a national heritage thing, mm. yeah. But but so, Earth Day is it's silly, mm-hmm. right? Every day should be Earth Day because it it is everything, literally. Like like I think about about all the things we like to argue about, yeah. Right? Like like what are some of the biggest issues of today? Racism, abortion, war, mm-hmm. right? All of this stuff. None of it matters compared to the planet. Right. And I care deeply about a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. Right. Like how we treat each other. That really matters. But we don't get to have a debate about how we treat each other if we ruin our planet. Mm -hmm. And so I just I don't. Yeah. Earth Day. It every year comes along. It pisses me right off. Mm -hmm. That seems like that's a good spot. That's a (laughs) perfect spot. spot But at least. It sparks a conversation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and get outside and enjoy it. If we get any good weather next week, usually also Earth, Earth, like we do Earth Week on campus. It's yeah. usually like rainy yeah. and miserable. And of I think I, I think midweek next week is is pretty rainy. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure we'll maybe end up getting some random snow. Too. Right, right, yeah. right. And that's where we anthropomorphize the planet. Right? right. Give human emotions to it, and of course, the planet is punishing us for our bad behaviors. Right. And so that's why we usually get snow on mm-hmm. Earth Day. Right. right. Because bad humans (laughs) Um, well just remember everyone uh, keep the passion and we have we have power so if there's something you're passionate about don't give up on it and try to make it happen Uh, thank you so much for being being uh, here with us for for this podcast Um, anything else everybody all right thank you let's keep this in our mind yes yes thank you so much thank you if you love this episode of the Blue Devil Podcast, well, well, be sure to visit us on all social media at UWBD Podcast. Again, that is at UWBD Podcast. You can go join the conversation, be the first to know about new episodes, events, and many more. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week.